Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now, we're the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Central Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the Golden State Warriors and their next few matchups over the week. But before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben and Brea podcast here for Thursday, June 9th. Before we went on break, we previewed what we are doing with this week's show. Once again, talk about the Warriors and their upcoming NBA Finals games for the next week. But before we do that, we've got to quickly recap how we got to this point. So going through last week, we had a meh week, and Golden State's kind of in the same boat. We thought that Golden State would have a 2-1 lead by the time that we ended up meeting up again, and unfortunately that did not happen. I thought that Boston would end up taking one of the two games in Golden State, which did happen. The issue is I thought Boston would take game two, instead they took game one. And on top of that, we thought Golden State would take game three, or at least one of the games in Boston, and the jury's still out on that because they have not played game four yet, but Boston did win game three last night, 116 to 100. So overall, we did not do well at all game to game, but based on the overall read of the series, it could have been worse. We thought that Boston would steal a game in Golden State, and they did. So it's an interesting spot for Golden State to be in. Uh, at the end of the day, they still have, they have to steal one back because of course if Boston wins out at home they're going to win six so we're going to have to recap what happened from a game to game basis we can start with game three instead I'm just going to work backwards from game one I'll have a smaller breakdown for the first two games they get into a pretty big breakdown for game three before we talk about games four and five and potentially six so either way let's start off with game one And it was a story of basically two quarters. The first two quarters were very close. And then Golden State opened up a huge lead in the third quarter as they outscored the Celtics by 14 in that third quarter. And then you had an absolute collapse. No other way around it. Boston outscored Golden State 40-16 to in the fourth quarter. And Boston won the game 120-108. to Al Horford was great in that game. He had 26 points. Curry, we know, has been great in every game up to this point. I know he wasn't great in the fourth quarter of game three, but, you know, he had put the team on his back in that third quarter, so you can let it slide. But either way, Boston supporting cast showed up. Tatum was awful from the floor, three for 17, but he did have 13 assists, so he played relatively well from a facilitator perspective. Besides that, Horford was great, smart at 18 points, and Derek White was amazing. He had 21 points off the bench. Uh, Besides that, Golden State had Curry, Wiggins, and basically nobody else. Uh, Porter went four for five from three, but Thompson had 15 points on six of 14 shooting, which is okay. Uh, Besides that, Draymond was brutal. He went two for 12, 0 for three from the line as well, so he was an absolute mess. Poole was terrible in game one. So, yeah, Golden State just punted away a double-digit lead entering the fourth quarter, 
and Boston came back and won. So that was game one. Game two, Golden State responded well in a must-win game, and they ended up winning handily. Same story where Golden State dominated the third quarter. The only difference was Boston did not respond in the fourth, and Golden State outscored Boston 35-14 to into the third quarter, and Golden State won the game by 19. Now, to go through what happened in that game, Tatum was better in terms of shooting, facilitating, not even close. He only had three assists compared to the 13 in game one. He was a negative 36 from the floor. Defensively, he wasn't great, but a lot of that was because he played 34 minutes and Boston's bench unit kind of overlapped with Tatum. And when the bench unit got blown out, Tatum's plus minus took a dive, but it wasn't good to begin with. Uh, Jalen Brown was awful in that game, 5 for 17, 17 points. Uh, Robert Williams only played 14 minutes. Horford only had two points. Smart only had two points. So he went from getting roughly 40 points of contributions from Horford and Smart to getting four combined. And Golden State really just smacked them. Uh, Curry was great once again, 29 points. Looney went six for six, 12 points. Wiggins did not shoot well. Draymond did play well, two for three from the floor, five for seven from the line, nine points, seven assists, five rebounds. Thompson was awful. He went four for 19, one for eight from three, and he had 11 points. Besides that, that was basically the summary of game two. Golden State defensively, especially with Gary Payton the second being back in the lineup after missing game one was huge. Plus 15 in 25 minutes. He was great defensively. And Jordan Poole, of course, hit the half-court shot in the third quarter. He finished with 17. So Golden State played really well in that one. And then you had a bunch of days off in between. And all momentum, of course, was shot. You had Scott Foster on the call yesterday. Not going to get into conspiracy theories. So I don't really believe in all that. There was a stat floating around that Scott Foster, the Celtics were 12-0. and in the playoffs with Scott Foster as the referee, that is a complete lie. You can do basic research and determine that was a lie. Scott Foster was the referee in game one of that Celtics and Bucks series, for example, and they lost. So that was floating around on Twitter. I get Scott Foster is kind of a meme at this point and how he rigs basketball games. I get it. It's funny, but don't actually base your handicaps around fake stats. Just do your own research. You can search it up on basketball reference what the team's records are with with uh, refs and Scott Foster is not the Boston Celtics darling where the Celtics are 13 and 0 now without with him as the ref. That's not true. Boston did win yesterday. Curry got into foul trouble, but it's not an automatic win when Scott Foster is the ref for Boston. Just let me that was just a brief rant had to state that publicly. Now for game 3, I said I was going to go through a deeper dive on this one. Games 1 and 2 kind of breeze through. But game 3 fresh in everybody's mind. We'll start with the main takeaways. Robert Williams, really, really good at basketball. And I know he only had eight points. He had 10 rebounds. So his stats weren't insane. He was a plus 21 in 26 minutes. But you can talk about Marcus Smart being defensive player of the year and how he was solid on Curry in the fourth quarter. If you think Marcus Smart is more impactful defensively than Robert Williams, I don't know what to tell you. Because Robert Williams is a, in my opinion, a top five defensive player in the league. You can argue that for big men, he might be the second best defensive big man behind technically Gobert if you want to go for defensive awards. But I know Gobert gets hated on by the public every postseason. But I still think Gobert is the best defensive big man in the league. I think it's between Williams and Adebayo. 
you can really make an argument one way or another. I would probably give the nod to Williams. I, I just think that his impact defensively, especially when he stays healthy, is insane. And it was on full display yesterday. His ability to switch onto guards without getting torched, his ability to block a bunch of shots in the lane. He had four blocks yesterday in 26 minutes. He's just an absolute menace. And the main reason why I think Golden State was so successful in game two was because Williams was still battling the the injury that he's been battling for a couple of weeks, and he only played 14 minutes. But if Williams can give you a consistent 25-plus minutes per game for the rest of the series, Golden State's in a lot of trouble because Golden State's rebounding was the one area that they really could not afford to fall behind. And with Williams barely playing, they were holding their own. But you're looking at the rebounding numbers for game three. Boston had 47 rebounds. Golden State had 31. So they got absolutely demolished on the glass, which resulted in a decent amount of second chance points. Plus, Boston had 15 offensive rebounds, which definitely resulted in a couple of back-breaking possessions in that fourth quarter. You had the injury for Curry, for example, where Horford was going for the loose ball, ended up landing on Curry's ankle. Don't call Horford a dirty player. He's not. He's been playing for 10-plus years, and he's never been known as a dirty player. I'm not going to start the conspiracy, Boston's dirty, they tried to injure Curry. No, it's just a basketball play that went awry. It is what it is. A bunch of people were diving for a loose ball, and Curry's legs just so happened to be on the bottom of the pile. So I'm not going to blame Horford for that. But in that possession, Smart ended up with the ball, and Draymond fouled out. Now, the game was probably over in the first place. You had Grant Williams with a couple of offensive rebounds, which were brutal as well. One was a layup in the third quarter sorry, in the fourth quarter, that kind of put the game, I don't want to say out of reach, but you can sense that the tide was almost fully shifted at that point, and Boston really just took over from there. But, I mean, to go through the rebounding numbers here, Horford had eight, Williams had 10, Smart had seven, Brown had nine, Grant Williams had five, Tatum had six. So if you want to look at the main six guys for Boston in that rotation, All of them had at least five rebounds. And that's really a testament to the commitment the team had when it came to group rebounding for game three. And I really thought that was the story of the game. It seemed like Golden State had to be perfect on virtually every set because they were not generating many second chance points. Looney did a good job rebounding. He had seven rebounds. The issue was he only played 17 minutes. And every time he was off the court, they got killed on the glass. So... Golden State's issue for me and the something they're going to have to address moving forward is that they need a Luna to play more. And I get the fact that he could get torched in pick and roll switches, but you got to pick your poison, especially if Robert Williams is going to play 25 plus minutes moving forward. They really have no answers when it comes to big men. Wiseman, I've mentioned this before, was supposed to be the guy still injured out for the year, which means your backup center is, of course, Draymond in small lineups. But you have Bielixa, who should really not be on the floor because defensively he's a complete lost cause. But even with Draymond playing center, Boston could use Robert Williams on the court, and they did in the fourth quarter. And he was really just picking Draymond apart on the offensive glass. And I'm trying to think of what counters Golden State has. They really don't have much. I guess the only counter would be that you – force Williams to guard on the perimeter so heavily 
and you just rely on Wiggins and everybody crashing against Horford. But it's not a great solution. That's kind of just what they might have to consider doing. But I mentioned the rebounds. That was an important factor. Of course, Tatum and Jalen Brown played very well. They combined for 53 points. Smart was great as well, 24 points. I think Smart is the biggest X factor on the Celtics team, not because of his defense, but because he is so streaky offensively and he will never stop shooting. So if some of the shots go in, Boston wins. If they miss, Boston loses. So I kind of keep that in mind. So keep an eye on Smart. If he has a good offensive game, it's almost impossible, in my opinion, to beat Boston. But we'll see if he can cool down moving forward. Now, the other takeaway we got to talk about is the other guy that is hosting a podcast during the NBA Finals, Draymond Green. And I'm not going to roast him for having a podcast. I think it's possible to multitask. He has not been giving up strategy for the Celtics to use in the finals. So I'm not buying any of that. I think the focus is there too. The issue is Draymond has just sucked. There's really no way around it. He was decent in game two. Games one and three, he was absurdly terrible. And I don't think it's podcast related. I just think Draymond is not the player that he used to be. Offensively, he's basically useless. He can pass the ball uh, on that little uh, pick. I'm trying to think of the right way to describe it. On the slip screens on the top from the top of the key, he's good at getting the ball around the foul line and making the right basketball decisions. If the defense breaks down, he's able to find Looney for a lob, or he can kick it to the kick it to the corner for a Thompson three. But the issue still remains. He can't shoot. And Boston has fully accepted the fact that either Draymond can't shoot or he just will not look at the rim. And when you have Robert Williams in the game, you're daring Draymond to attempt floaters over Robert Williams because you know it's going to get punted. So Draymond has been the main, I'd say, negative for Golden State up to this point. I'm aware he's one of the most impactful players, and there are definitely less talented players on the roster. But if you're going to play, tw- if you're going to play 35 minutes in every game, and you're going to shoot 36.1% from the floor, go 0 for 7 from 3. Either way, the point is, is that Draymond has been awful, and he's also gotten to foul trouble. He's fouled out in two of the three games. He's been a mess. So Draymond. He even embraced it on his podcast that he ended up posting last night. He's got to play better. That's an understatement. You, I don't think you can play any worse. So Golden State needs him to get back on track if they're going to win, and we'll see if he can do it. I just think he's not the same player he used to be. Ever since he came back from the back issue, his shooting numbers have been absolutely atrocious, and this is the player who he is. The issue is Golden State has to play every offensive possession four on five because Draymond's not a threat whatsoever. And if you look at the shooting numbers for the last couple of years, he shot 38.9% from the floor in 2019 to 2020. Then he shot 44%, 44.7% in 2020 to 2021, only averaged seven points per game. And then this year he was actually efficient, shot 52.5% from the floor, averaged 7.5 points. But that's four straight seasons where Draymond's averaged less than 8.1 points per game and everybody knows you're going to leave him open. He's not going to shoot, or if he does, have fun attempting three-pointers because you're not good at it. So Draymond's going to have to start at least being either more aggressive or just being more, I'd say, efficient 
if you want to use a cop-out word, but Draymond's got to play better, that's another takeaway. But to go through the other games in the upcoming week, we're going to start off with game four. Boston is favored at home. This game will be taking place on Friday. And for this one, I am going to take Golden State. Boston could easily win. We saw the blueprint that they used in game three. I just expect Golden State to make the necessary adjustments and win a game that I personally believe is must win. I do not believe Golden State will come back from 3-1 down. So I think this is a must win game. And I'm looking at the adjustments Golden State can make. I think Looney's going to play more. But one takeaway from game three, which is a bit concerning for Boston, Clay Thompson got going. And I'm not sure how consistent that's going to be moving forward. We've seen Clay have a couple of really good one-off games and then go back to being extremely terrible. But Clay was good. He was 7 of 17. He had 25 points. So he did his part. Curry at 31. We'll see how bad the ankle injury is. Maybe it will not impact the moving, him moving forward. We'll see. Wiggins was okay. Offensively, he had 18 points on in 40 minutes. Shot 7 of 16, 1 for 6 from 3, which was not ideal. But the point is, Golden State had Clay wake up, and Curry still played well. Wiggins was mediocre, and nobody else did anything. So Golden State's offense scored 11 points, 11, in the fourth quarter. Third quarter, they were great. Outscored Boston 33-25, to so they did make the adjustments at halftime. But I do think that one adjustment Golden State is going to have to use moving forward. I think Gary Payton the second has to play more. And he played 11 minutes. I get game flow wasn't great. But when it comes to Golden State's main issues in game three, it was perimeter defense. And it seemed like smart Tatum and Brown got to whatever spots they wanted the entire game. Curry struggled defensively in the fourth quarter. Not his fault. He had four fouls. So he had to avoid picking up the fifth. But the point is, if you want to talk about what adjustments Golden State can make, and what they should do moving forward. I do believe that Golden State should use less Draymond Green. And that's going to sound like a huge, I'd say, controversial take, because Draymond's been one of their main pieces for the entire dynasty. But I'm being honest. Draymond's been absolutely terrible in the entire series, and when he's been on the court, besides game two, Golden State's been pretty underwhelming. And if you want to talk about what adjustments Golden State can make, I think Looney needs to be on the court because they will get killed on the glass when he's off the court. So assuming Looney plays 25 minutes or so moving forward, I think Golden State needs to sell out to improve the perimeter defense. And the truth is Draymond's defense wasn't great either in game three. And if you want to talk about Golden State's, I'd say, counters to what Boston's doing, it's just going to revolve around forcing a bunch of turnovers and trying to stay in front of their matchups. And Draymond really didn't do anything. I mean, we used the meme quote from Westbrook about Beverly. He was just running around out there. That's kind of what Draymond's been doing two of the first three games. Draymond's been really just atrocious. And I'm harping on it, not because I dislike Draymond or anything, but just because of the fact that he has completely dismissed Boston and Boston's talent from the get-go. After game one, he basically called out Boston supporting cast and said, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Whatever. It happens. They got basically lucky in game one. And Golden State came out in game two 
and responded well. But game three came out, it looked like the same story. And Draymond needs to play better. I just cannot state that enough. If Draymond does not pick up his his playing level by at least 70%, I think Golden State's going to lose the series. I just think he needs to play better. But until then, if Draymond struggles in the first half of game four, you should play a lot more of Gary Payton the second. I know Payton the second missed a dunk in the first half he should have made, and offensively he doesn't give you much. However, his defensive impact is so just ginormous for Golden State that I think he needs to be on the court. I think that's the main adjustment Golden State's going to make and they'll force a bunch of turnovers. And I think Golden State gets a game they need to have, and I will take Golden State to win game four. Now, game five, taking place on June 13th, is going to be an interesting one because Golden State should be favored. I'm assuming if they win game four, they'll be favored by about four at home, maybe four and a half. Uh, For this one, I am going to go with Golden State. I think you will see Golden State come out at home with the home crowd behind them, and I do believe that you will end up seeing the Warriors respond well in front of the home crowd. I think the game should be close for a bit, but I think Golden State makes enough, I'd say, shots down the stretch to hold on and win this game by about seven. So I have Golden State taking a 3-2 series lead, and then after that, we got to talk about game six. I'm taking Boston. So that game will be taking place on the 16th, which I guess technically I should not be covering because of the fact that we'll cover it in next week's podcast. But to be honest, we're running out of games. People want breakdowns. I'll discuss it anyway. I think Boston will win game six at home. I think the series is going to go seven. Going into the series, I thought it was going to be Golden State in six. But Boston, with Robert Williams being healthier than I thought he was going to be, has presented a bunch of matchup problems for Golden State. I mentioned how Gary Payton II playing more might have a positive impact on Golden State as a whole. It will definitely not help out the rebounding. So that's going to be a trade-off. I'm not saying that Golden State should fully punt rebounding, but I think they should focus more on just playing quality defense and forcing turnovers. And I think that's going to be the approach they need to take in the next couple of games in the series. But for my next three games here, I'll probably recap game six once again uh, when it approaches next Thursday because, of course, you know, we're going to have to analyze what we saw in games four and five and then reassess. But as of right now, I like Golden State to win game four. I like Golden State to win game five. And I like Boston to win game six. So for the sake of this podcast, I'll take Golden State to win the next two games. I think it's going seven. There's no guarantee Golden State's going to hold serve in game seven, by the way, at home. But we'll talk about that next week. Either way, I think Golden State makes the championship-level adjustments. And I think Boston will have to cope with another disappointing loss at home, which we've seen time and time again this postseason. I'm not writing Golden State off because of one home game for Boston. But I think that Golden State's backs are up against the ropes, and we'll see if they respond. But that has been this installment of the Banner Podcast here for Thursday, June 9th. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.